Well, welcome to On the Clock. This is the third part of a series that's designed to help us find as much meaning as possible in our nine to five, in our daily work, whether we are the teacher or the student, blue collar, white collar, stay at home, dad, work from home, mom, whether you like what you do or whether you have no clue what you're going to do in life, you just, that question is just out there. Uh, this series is for you. Now, last time we were together, we talked about what, uh, what do you do when you don't like what you do? You don't like the activity of the work that you do. Next time we're together, we're going to talk about what do you do when you don't know what to do? When you're facing unemployment or you're facing, you're just not quite sure what's next or you're waiting or you're stuck in a job or you wish that it was something different or you just feel lost in life, that's going to be next time. It's going to be a really good conversation. But today, what we're going to entertain, we're going to entertain the question, what do you do when you don't like who you work for? Because we can't do a series on work without talking about bad bosses, it would just seem incomplete somehow, right? Because all of us have had a horrible boss, a boring teacher, an angry coach, a, a crazy manager. That is something we all have in common, so let's talk about it. Here's another thing that we have, all have in common when it comes to this topic, is, is all of us daydream. We daydream about what we would do or what we would say to the person that we're really annoyed with, that, that authority figure over us that we can't, it's just like, this guy drives me crazy. You know, like we all have daydreams. I used to have this daydream when I was a kid growing up. Um, uh, I had this teacher that I really didn't get along with, and I always pictured getting into like a fiery exchange with her during class. And you know, like where she says something and I fire back, and it's almost like a ping pong match, like, and this, but I always know what to say. And in the end, I just like shut her down and everybody, you know, like, and I'm just like this and everybody's like, Josh, Josh. And she's like crying in the corner or something like that. You know, something real Christian like that. That was my, my daydream. Maybe yours is, is like you have an annoying boss and like during a meeting sometime you're thinking to yourself, like, you know, he says something annoying like, yeah, we can talk about receding expenses as soon as we're done talking about your receding hairline, you know, hi, and everybody's laughing and you're just like, you know, walk out the room or whatever. See, all of us have daydreams. All of us think about what we would do or what we would say to shut them down, to shut them up, to get the last word, what we would do to, to, to quit the job and then just walk out and maybe even what we would do to their car after we <laughs> quit and walk out. See, we need this, don't we? <laughs> we, we, we need to talk about this because we need to say, honestly, we need to be saved from our daydreams of what we would do in response to bad authority. Here's the premise that I'm working off of this morning, Let, and let's see if you agree with this or not. I'm working out off of, of a couple different things here. First off, I'm, I believe that authority figures are unavoidable, that, that they're just kind of a fact of life, whether it's bosses, teachers, managers, coaches, parents, the government, policemen, even, you know, like, like even, and even if you, like, say you're the boss, say you started your own business and you're, like, you're an entrepreneur or whatever, you still have a board of directors that you report to. I mean, even me, like, I'm, I'm the lead pastor here, but, like, I, I, have a, I have a meeting tomorrow night with the elders of our church, and it's like, okay, I got to talk about what we're doing as a church, and, the, you know, they're going to ask me hard questions. 
So we, it's, it's, uh, authority figures are unavoidable. They're just a fact of life. And here's the thing. For those of you who are 18 or under here this morning, I want, I want to say this to you, that the, um, the older you get, yes, the more freedom you get, the more authority you get over other people, but you also, that comes with more responsibility. And I, any adult can tell you, it comes with more, you, you somehow end up getting more authority over you. You have more banks, more bosses, more bills. It's just kind of a fact of life. It, you know, the older you get, you get the IRS, the DMV, the PTO, the PTA, the HOA. Honestly, by the, by the age of 30, everything with three, three letters wants a piece of you. And if you're, 18, if you're under, if you're young, you might not even know what half of those things are. Enjoy it, <laughs> honestly. Because here's, here's the thing. Authority figures are unavoidable. It's not something you grow out of. They're always there. Here's the second point that I'm working off of today. I think since authority figures are unavoidable, bad bosses are inevitable. That's just a matter of time before you get one. And even if you have one now, it's just, you know, like, and you're able to, like, I'll, I'm going to go work over here. It's just a matter of time before there's a bad one there, too, um, th that bad bosses are inevitable. But here's the last point, and this is where we're going to camp today. I believe that our response is crucial. See, the, the, the first two, authority figures are unavoidable. Bad bosses are inevitable. Those, those are a given. Where we're going to spend our time today is talking about our response it's bad authority. Because you, chances are you're bad authority. Your boss is not here, but you are. So let's talk about it. And, and here's, here's, here's why I think our response is crucial. Here's why I think there's, there's a lot on the line. If you and I, if we don't respond correctly to bad authority, our nine to five can ruin our five to nine. Does that make sense? Like what happens in, in the, the authority's power struggle we feel at 9 to 5 at work or at school has a way of bleeding over, spilling over into our 5 to 9, our free time, our time with our families, a time where we can do whatever we want. If we're not careful, if we don't respond correctly, if we have a bad attitude towards the bad authority over us, it has a, a tendency to spill over into our other areas of, of our lives. For many of us, our nine to five is in danger of tainting our five to nine. And that's why I want to talk about that, because I don't want that for you. I, I, I want to talk, I want, I want to help us uh, protect our five to nine. Yeah, our, our nine to five might be difficult because of them, but let's not let it spill over into the rest of our lives. See, there's a, lot, there's a lot of consequences here. Our general enjoyment of life, our relationships with, with each other and our family members are, are on the line. And we're going to find out today, even our relationship with God is affected by our bad attitude with authority. So that's what I want to talk about today. Authority figures are unavoidable. Bad bosses are inevitable. But our response is crucial. And that's what we're going to talk about. And the good news is there's a way to deal with bad authority. We're going to look at it through a scripture verse this morning. The bad news is it's difficult. It's not easy. It's not, it's not an easy way, but it's very effective. Romans 13 is where we're going to go today. It's uh, verses 1 and 2. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If you want to uh, open your phones and go there, I won't think you're texting. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, otherwise, we'll have it here on, we'll have the verses here on the board. 
It starts out like this. This is a guy named Paul, and he's writing to his friend in, his friends in Rome. A, so it's actually a letter. It's not really a book. It's more of a letter. And he writes this in chapter 13. He says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. Let everyone, that includes us, if, if assuming we're, we're letting him speak to us today, let everyone be subject or to submit to the governing authorities, all of them. See, Paul makes a really blanket statement here. He doesn't really leave any wiggle room for outs. There's no exceptions. There's no exclusions. There's no, like, it's just everybody should be subject to their governing authorities. And if you're like me, you're like, I don't like that. If you're like me, like, you're like, who is this Paul guy? I mean, he's like 2,000 years ago, right? Like, why, why do I need to listen to him? I, I don't like that. Here, here's what you need to know about Paul. Paul, it, it, you might think that Paul was living in a perfect world. It, like, in order to be able to say, hey, you submit to all of these authorities around you. You might say, hey, you must live in a perfect world. And the point is, he didn't. Uh, during that time, just like in our world, there were horrible bosses everywhere. There's guys named, like, Herod, who killed John the Baptist just because a girl said, hey, I uh, dare you to do that. Literally cut off his head. There's another guy named Nero, maybe some of you remember from your history classes, Emperor Nero, who uh, wanted a castle in a certain part of Rome and, decided, and burnt part of it and then blamed it on the Christians so that he could build his castle there. Same guy, Nero, used to uh, t persecute Christians, grab them, arrest them, and then put them on a stake and light them on fire to light his gardens. That was, that was, that was authority. Like when, when they thought governing authorities, Paul's audience, they thought Nero. They thought Herod. So we can't sit there and say, well, Paul, it's nice, for, it's nice for you to say that I need to submit to my authority, but you don't know my boss. Your boss ain't Nero. <laughs> as bad as he is, as bad as she is. They're, they're, they're not that. So Paul says, and even, even still, Paul says this. He didn't live in a perfect world, and yet he says, let everyone be subject to their governing authorities. And see, I, I want to make sure we don't miss, like, or, or, to be subject doesn't mean to be passive. Let's, let's just, some of us are like, don't like that word because it's like, I don't like the idea of just giving up or giving in. But to be subject doesn't mean that you just roll over. To be subject to a bad boss doesn't mean you just stop caring. It, it, it doesn't, it's actually very, very, it's not passive at all. Being subject is a very active thing because it requires us to recognize the authority that they have even though we don't respect the way they use their authority. That's what it means to be subject. What it means to be subject is that you honor their position. Like, yes, you are in a position of authority over it and I honor you even if I don't like you. Here's another way that you know you're being subject to a person when, when, when you work for them the same way you would work for a boss that you do like. You, you know what I mean? Like you don't drag your feet for them or only work when they're looking. You work for them the same way that you would work for a boss that you really admire, that you look up to and respect. That's what it means to be subject to an authority over you. You don't just do the bare minimum. You give it your all. That's what it means to be subject to the authorities over us. And that's what Paul is calling us to today. Let's, let's find out why. He says this, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is 
no authority except that which God has established. And then just in case you missed it, he says it again. The authorities that exist, your boss, the authorities that exist have been established by God. Now, again, you might, you not, might not believe this, but this is, this is Paul's outlook on it. And I'm going to try to move you towards this outlook. But, but here, his outlook is this. All authority is ultimately just God's authority. There is no authority except that which God has established. The good ones, the bad ones. The godly ones, the corrupt ones. The tall ones, the short ones. <laughs> The, 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 the big ones, the small ones, the teachers, the parents, the cops, the presidents, the lenders, the borrowers, the owners, the board of directors, the CFOs, the SVPs. All of these have been established by God. What that doesn't mean is they're doing exactly what God wants them to do. You see that distinction? It doesn't mean they're doing, it, it means they have author, their authority is ultimately has come from God. And, and what Paul's worldview is this, he says, is basically this, God works through human authority. That's where he's kind of coming from. He, he, all authority is God's authority. There's no exception. And God works, he's able, and catch this, catch this, God is able to work through bad authority, all authority, even the bad ones. I have a, a, another story from my schooling growing up. I had a social studies teacher like in sixth grade. I, I can't even remember her name. Maybe my mom remembers her name. But I, I couldn't stand her. And at the, it, like, because she pushed us. She was hard-nosed. Like, she, doesn't, she didn't give me hu- no hugs. Maybe she, she might have been German. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, she, she, I, uh, I didn't like her. And then at the end of the year, I started to realize how much that I had learned. And I remember telling my parents, I was like, actually, I kind of like her. Because good things can come through bad authority. And what Paul is saying is God is big enough to, to he's, he, he's, he's big enough, he's powerful enough to utilize the bad authority in your life to do good things. It's kind of hard to wrestle with, isn't it? It's kind of hard to think of it that way. Let, all, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no Authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Here's another way of looking at it. I think this is, this is helpful. It's like God is the CEO. You know, the, the, the chief executive officer, except in his case, he's the chief everything officer. Like, like everything you see, yeah, like he's the chief of. He created it. God is the CEO of everything we see. It means God has a vision for where he wants to take this world. He's, he's at work through good authority, bad authority, because he's, he's the CEO. If I was God, I would like Google org charts and then just like Photoshop my name on the top and be like, God. You know, like Amazon, God, Google, God. Just to mess with people. I don't think he did that. I don't think he wants to do that because he hasn't done it, obviously. Um, he's, it's, it's like he's the, he's the chief everything officer. Here, here's another way of looking at it. God, not only is he like a CEO, he's kind of like a librarian. 
except, except he's not lending books, he's lending authority. Like he's, he, has, he has all of the authority. And, and it's, it's like, in other words, authority is like a book from the library. It isn't yours. You can have it for a time, and, but eventually you have to give it back. See, this is good for us. It's, if you're a boss in here, you need to know this. If, you, if you're over people, if you're in charge of people, you need to know that's on loan. That's not yours. That's like a book from the library. And you, you're like, well, you, the funny thing about books from the library, if somebody says, whose book is this? You're like, oh, that's mine. It's not really yours, though, is it? Because <laughs> you have to take it back. And if you don't, they can, like, get a warrant for your arrest. I've heard of somebody that happened once. It's the it, same thing. The truth is, the authority that you have and the authority that somebody has over you, it's, it's only there for a time. Eventually, it will be taken away. And that's in every area of your life. That's with your job. That's with your kids. That, right? There will come a time where you will die, and you will not be that anymore. You will resign, and someone will replace you. You'll get fired. And you're not that, you don't have that authority anymore. It's on loan from God. That's what Paul is helping us to see here. But let's go back to the CEO thing, because I think it's a horrible idea to think of God as a librarian for too long. Okay, so, so let's go back to the CEO, because I think this is really helpful to, to picture God as a CEO. Because the sooner that we understand that God is the head of every org chart, he's at the head of everything, the easier it will become to submit to bad bosses. The sooner, and this is, if you're a God follower, if you would say, yes, I'm trying to follow God, I'm trying to be like Jesus Christ, the sooner that you and I start to, to recognize, you know what, ultimately, I'm working for God, the easier it becomes to submit to a bad boss. Because the org chart, when, when, when we say, okay, you're in charge of everything, we're keeping in mind the org chart, and we here's God, and there's this letter, 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 and here's my boss, and here's me. And I don't like working for him, or I don't like working for her, but I know that ultimately I'm working for God. And he's a good boss. It, it, I mean, yeah, well, let's keep going. On the, here, here, let's read verse 2. Consequently, he goes on to say, consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is actually rebelling against what God has instituted. He's saying on the flip side, consequently, anybody who, uh, who rebels, that is, does not submit or does not you know, become, or is not being subject to against authority is really rebelling against God. And you're like, no, 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 no. I, I like God. I like God. I, I just don't like them. And Paul's like, you can't make that distinction. To rebel against them is to to slip out from underneath what God, ultimately God. You can't make the distinction, distinction against, uh, consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Judgment meaning it will not go well for them. And, and you and I have felt this before, haven't you? I, I know I have. Isn't it true that our problems with authority can cause a lot of problems for us personally? Like, if, if you're not willing to admit this, I'll go first. 
Because I, I, this is actually, anybody who knows me well knows that I have, I have problems with authority. Like, like I just, I, I, I've, uh, f- since I was a kid, I have had problems with authority. And a lot of times it has not gone well for me. So here's my list. My problems with authority have caused all sorts of problems for me personally. Starting with Spanish class. I, 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 I hated that teacher. And as a result, I didn't learn Spanish. Que lastima. No good-o. Like, like, I, like that's, that's unfortunate. I wish I knew Spanish. How, how about this one? When I get to college, me not doing my homework for statistics class meant that I had to retake statistics. That hurt. Oh, how about my coach? You know, like a basketball coach. This old crotchety coach. Guess what I did? I quit. And guess what happened? My, the results of my rebellion of me quitting meant I'm not playing the sport that I love to play. Meanwhile, he just keeps right on coaching. That's great. See, my problems with authority caused problems with me personally. I remember when we were, when we were uh, first married, I had a boss that was just, he was just obtuse. He was just oblivious. He wasn't doing it on purpose. And that almost made it worse. It was like, but like I would go home and, and, and just rant to Christy. Oh, can you believe what he, you know, like this and that and this. And all of a sudden, my, my, what was happening in my nine to five started to ruin my five to nine as my poor sweet little wife had to deal with the fact that I had this bad attitude towards the boss. Now, let me just pause for a second. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you do this sometimes. You go to work and you get so fired up after work, you can't relax. You can't engage your kids. And your poor husband or your poor wife's just like, you know, this, like, like I know I've heard this before. This ha- th- we did this yesterday. Do you, do, you see, do, you see how this, do you see how our problems with authority can, can cause problems for us personally? I mean, like, do you see how absurd this is? I want to camp on this for a second because I think this is important. When we do that, when we take hope from work, the heaviness from work and bring that home, it's like we're saying, to, to, the, to the bad authority over us. It's like we're saying to them, you're ruining my life so badly I, at work, I'm going to let you ruin my life at home too. Because that's smart. <laughs> like, why do we do that? Let's not let our, our bad attitude towards our bosses in the nine to five ruin our five to nine. There's consequences. Our response is crucial. It was another story from, from Christie's. Um, was, she had a boss about 10 years ago that, who was Michael Scott from The Office. Like he, it was, in fact, we started watching that show because of, it was, it was for cathartic reasons, therapeutic reasons. So like, you know, like she'd be laughing and <laughs> crying. You know, like, was, and everybody, everybody at work felt that way. They talked about it. They laughed about it. They emailed about it. And eventually... Christy got terminated because of it, insubordination. Our problems with authority can cause problems for us personally. Our problems with authority can cause problems for us personally. And I bet you if, if we gave you the chance, if we did an open mic, each of us could come up here and share our own examples of times where we let that creep in, or we got terminated, we lost the job because, and now we're scrambling, and guess who's not? 
the boss. That's why Paul says, consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. He's rebelling against... See, we've talked about this practically. I now want to start talking about this theologically. Our rebellion against authority is rebelling against what God is instituted, meaning God is trying to do something. That should come as no surprise to us. I mean, look at this beautiful world we're in. Look at the, like, the crazy detail and how everything fits together. And it's like, that, that if somebody created that, wouldn't it make sense that he's, he's still up to something and that he's able to do something and that when we rebel against authority, we might be actually rebelling and trying to do like, things on our own apart from him, those who, who uh, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. And when you say think judgment, don't think lightning bolts come down from heaven. That's Zeus. That's not the God of the Bible. That's not his style. I and mean, we just saw in a lot of ways, like judgment, had, uh, our rebellion has a lot of built-in consequences, Right? We just saw, and, and here, here's the thing. I, I want to shift from, we've talked very practically. Here for, I want to I shift theologically. And if you're not sure what you believe about God or the Bible or church, and you want to end the TED Talk right here, please, please you go for it. Here's what I want you to know. Make sure that your 9 to 5 doesn't ruin your 5 to 9. Okay? But if I, if I may, I would like to, I, I will, uh, if you're willing, I would like to urge you to consider the theological side of this coin. That is, I, I urge you to look at it from the viewpoint of the CEO. Because Paul makes it clear, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. I mean, God is up to something in the world. And when we take matters into our own hands, we step out. We say, that's, when, we say, when, we, when we say, when we manipulate, here, here's the thing, we can wrestle with, with bad authority, that's okay. Like, like it, it, you can wrestle with, I, this is really hard for me. It's when we start to meddle <laughs> that we get into trouble. When we start to manipulate. And, and here's the thing. When we do that, it's our way of saying, God, I don't believe that you can use this situation for good, so I'm going to take matters into my own hands and then we s- strike out on our own. And see, here's the problem. God, this is, when you open the Bible, you start to see story after story after story of how God is able to work through human authority. Good ones and bad ones. Downright evil ones. God is, is, he's big enough to work through human authority. It's kind of his jam. It's kind of his thing. It, 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 he uses it to build people's faith throughout the Bible. There was this one time where there's this, this group of people called the Hebrews, and they were enslaved by the Egyptians. And they were, they were I mean, treated brutally, brutally, had no freedom. And they're, they're crying out to God. And if we were there, if you and I were there, we'd be like, God, what is going on? Are you going to do something? And we'd be like, yeah. And, and God would say, listen, child, shh. I'm doing something. Through this situation, I'm building a nation for myself. Oh, 
There was once this guy named David. And he was promised to be king. There was one small problem. He had a really bad boss. The, king, the guy who was king was Saul. And he was trying to kill David because he was jealous of him. And if we were there, if we were transported to that time and we were watching these things unfold, we'd be like, God, I thought, what the heck? I thought you liked this guy. Why, why are you letting this happen to him? And he'd be like, shh, shh, listen, listen. God's like, I am doing something. I'm working through that bad authority to bring about character in David that, that, that David will need someday to be a really good king. Wow. And then there's Jesus, the Son of God, who was falsely accused by the religious leaders, the people over him. And Rome had got involved, and they didn't really think that anything was bad, but they killed him anyway. They nailed him on a cross. And, and if we were there watching Jesus, this good man, dying on the cross, we'd be like, God, what the heck? I mean, I thought this was your son. What are you, what are you doing? Are, and and he, God, if God was there with us, he'd be like, hush, child. I'm up to something. I'm working through these human authorities, bad human authorities, to save the world. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm God. It's what I do. I, I, I use human authority all the time to bring about what I want in the story. What's your story? What's your story? Right now, right now, like, like think about it this way. Uh, oh God, this is so good. Y you might not even know that this is happening yet, and but t tomorrow, Monday morning, you have a chance to step into it. You might not even know. You have, you, have, you have no clue what God might be wanting to do in you, through you, through that bad boss, through, the, the, through your parents who just don't get it, through, what, you know, through whatever, through that teacher. What's your story? What might your story be? What might God do through, through that story if you were to trust him? See, I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss that. I don't want to step out from underneath that. Uh, yeah, I don't want my nine to five to, to taint and ruin my five to nine, but I definitely don't want what, what's happening here to, to, bring me f to, to, to bring me further from God. And I don't want that for you either. See, here's the thing. Our response is crucial. But you were made for this. Can, can I just say that? No matter what your background is, what your story is thus far, what your faith background is, what your lack of faith looks like, it doesn't matter. You are a child of God. And you were made for this. You were made to trust him in such a way you were made to come at life and say, yeah, this sucks that this guy, and this is happening, but I have a good boss. I have a good father. We were made for that kind of connection with God, that kind of relationship that's built on trust. And, and here's the thing. Wouldn't it be nice? 
wouldn't it be nice to not have, you're never, we're never going to have all the answers. We're never going to be able to figure out exactly what's going on. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to punch out from on the clock at five o'clock and leave that there, trusting God that he's working through it. Again, this doesn't mean you roll over, doesn't mean you stop thinking, doesn't mean, oh, let go and let God. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's much more active than that. But imagine, imagine the peace. Imagine how freeing it could be. Like, I don't quite understand it, but I trust my good boss that this will be good. Imagine, imagine what you might see him do. It's not easy. Like every good relationship, it's built on trust, right? And at some point in time, every good relationship that's built on trust, there will come a time where you have to trust that person. And that's what God is saying here. That's what Paul is saying here. Trust, submit, subject yourselves to the authorities that are over you as if it is God. Because there's no authority except for what God has established. I want to end with a prayer, a very, a very specific prayer, actually. I want us to end with a prayer where we, we pray this, Lord, examine my heart. Lord, examine my heart. I want us to spend a moment thinking about the people who are in authority over us and our attitude towards them and say, Lord, is my attitude right? Lord, I would like you to examine my heart towards my boss, towards my parents, towards this teacher, towards fill in the blank, towards your authority figures. Here's another one for you. You might even consider asking God to, to examine your heart on, for past authority figures. Because maybe you have somebody who like, maybe you haven't even thought about them in a while because you, it's, it's a bad memory, so you don't like to think about it, and your family knows not to bring up so-and-so, so they don't bring it up. You know, like, but if you have that in your past, would you be willing to say, Lord, would you examine my heart and my attitude towards this person who I haven't seen in 10 years? And then I want, if you're willing, <clears throat> I want you to take the next step after you've prayed that prayer, I want you to pray and confess any gossip, any ill will, any lies that you've told, any disrespect, any nastiness, insubordination, and any bad attitude you have towards that person. To which you might say, that sounds horrible. <laughs> like, like no, why would I want to do that? Here's the thing. This confession is kind of one of those things that feels really, really hard going into it. And then as soon as you're done, it's, it's, it's like a weight off your shoulders. And, and here's the thing. Regardless of what you believe about God, I think this would just be a great exercise for, for us all to do. Is to just kind of lay down and lay out and, and own our bad attitudes towards our boss. And just confess. Say that was wrong. Ask for forgiveness for them. And here's, the, here's what happens. When we do that, it's kind of like shedding layers off. See, w- what we do a lot of times with our bad, our bad attitude, it's like we're carrying a heavy burden. Confession allows us to shed those layers, take them off, and, and 
it makes us feel lighter because of it. So let's do this. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. And let's just do this. If, if you're comfortable, I want you to say these words with me. Lord, examine my heart. Go ahead right now. Lord, examine my heart. Let's say it one more time if you're willing. Lord, examine my heart. Let's just take, I'm going to give you a couple seconds to just pray. Now, whatever is coming to your mind, the gossip, the ill will, the disrespect, I want you to lay that down. I, I, don't want you, I don't want you to walk out with that today on your shoulders. Would you confess that sin? Father, your word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us those sins and to purify us and to lead us into all righteousness. We thank you for that. In this time of worship, Lord, I pray that, I pray that this would be uplifting, that we would sense a, a, a sense of freedom, that we'd be filled with your joy. God, we can trust you. Help us to trust you. Help us, each of us, to take a step today towards trust. Lord, help our, our nine to five not to ruin our five to nine. And Lord, help us not to miss what you are doing because we won't submit to the authorities over us. Amen. Please stand.